It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, June 15th, 2022. Coming up this hour. The ECB holds an emergency meeting to discuss market conditions. The debate heats up on whether the Fed will hike 50 or 75 basis points today. The sell-off in crypto continues as Bitcoin drops to 20000 And President Biden takes aim at oil refiners' record profits. Gas pump prices in the New York metro area hit a fresh record, plus a look at Trump backed candidates in the latest GOP primaries. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer on sports. Shutout wins at home for both the Mets and Yankees. A near no-hitter in St. Louis. The Stanley Cup final begins tonight. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. And good morning, I'm John Tucker. I'm Nathan Hager. Futures are on the rise as we await a Fed decision later today. It is coming up to 5.01 on Wall Street. We check the markets every 15 minutes during the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are up 20 points. Dow futures up 140. NASDAQ futures are higher by 71 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 14.30 seconds. The yield, 3.41%. Yield on the two-year, 3.37%. NYMEX crude down 8 tenths percent at $118.06 a barrel. John. And Nathan, we begin in Europe. Where in a few minutes from now, the European Central Bank's Governing Council holds an ad hoc meeting to, quote, discuss current market conditions. Uh, let's get more now from Bloomberg Markets Live editor Lorcan Roach Kelly. The ECB meeting is more based on what's happening in the market at the moment, how um, spreads have widened, how Italian yields have moved out, and what the market reaction in the last three or four days has been. I'm not quite sure what's going to come of it. I think it's strange that the ECB is holding their ad hoc meeting before the Fed decision. Soon they don't know what the Fed decision is going to be themselves. But the fact they're having the meeting at all, clearly markets saying that is at least somewhat positive for Euro assets. Bloomberg's Lorcan Roach Kelly says the Italian bonds have surged on the news of the unscheduled meeting. Sources say ECB officials may decide to reinvest bond purchases conducted under the bank's pandemic emergency program. Other measures could be considered as well. That meeting gets started in a few minutes, expected to last about two hours. All right, John. Well, that ECB meeting comes, of course, ahead of today's highly anticipated Decision from the Federal Reserve. The question there is how much Jay Powell and company hike rates. Michael McKee has more from our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. The new market consensus is the Fed will raise the benchmark U.S. lending rate by 75 basis points, the biggest increase since 1994. That raises the question of what next? Markets have already priced in another 75 basis point move in July. Investors will look to the dot plot rate forecast and Chairman Jay Powell's news conference for ratification of that bet. A new median forecast for unemployment, a proxy for growth, 
may suggest whether the central bankers still think they can bring down inflation without causing a recession. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, thanks, Mike. Will it be 75 basis points? Well, some are calling for more. Pershing Square founder Bill Ackman says a 100 basis point hike would be better. The story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. Ackman says not just today, but in July and thereafter instead of the 75 basis point hike that some economists are expecting. He said the central bank has allowed inflation to, quote, get out of control and calls for aggressive action that would help restore market confidence. Writing on Twitter, Ackman said, quote, the sooner the Federal Reserve can get to a terminal FF rate and thereafter can begin to ease, the sooner the markets can recover. In New York, Charlie Pellet. Bloomberg Daybreak. Well, Charlie, Jeffrey Gunlack's taking an even more aggressive stance than Bill Ackman. The double-line capital CEO says the Fed should raise its target interest rate to 3% today. That would be a 200 basis point hike. Markets are still firmly pricing in an increase of 75. Well, stay tuned for a complete coverage of this critical Fed decision on a special edition of Bloomberg Surveillance. That is coming up at 1.30 p.m. Wall Street time on both Bloomberg Radio and Television. And ahead of that decision, we're going to get the May reading on retail sales. Economists forecast a gain of just one-tenth of a percent. Well, as we mentioned, John, U.S. futures are higher to start the day. Still, the S&P 500 closed down yesterday for a fifth straight session for its longest slide since January. Mark Lazary, CEO of Avenue Capital Management and co-owner of the Milwaukee Bucks, says weak economic sentiment continues to weigh on markets. Everybody knows we're either getting into a recession or it's going to be close to a recession. So um, I, I, I don't think there's a lot more negative news that's going to come out. You know, the question really is going to be how long is the recession? Is it three months? Is it six months? Is it a year? Avenue Capital CEO Mark Lazary says he thinks the upcoming recession will be short. Well, perhaps no sector has suffered in the sell-off as much as cryptocurrencies. And Bitcoin lower again this morning as it approaches the 20,000 level. Right now, it is trading down 7% at $20,347 per token. Let's get the latest line from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Renita, good morning. Good morning, John. Cryptocurrencies have become emblematic of a flight from speculative assets. Strategists at Glassnode say the bear market for Bitcoin has entered its deepest and darkest phase. Crypto lender Celsius froze withdrawals on Monday. Coinbase announced widespread layoffs on Tuesday. And all of this comes just a month after the collapse of the Terra USD stablecoin, Royal Markets. Meantime, Bill Gates is dismissing crypto projects like NFTs as shams, saying they're, quote, based on the greater fool theory. He spoke at a climate conference yesterday and says he's neither long nor short the asset class. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. As crypto falls, oil remains sky high. Pain at the pump is palpable. And President Biden's looking to ease the strain for drivers. We're learning the Energy Department plans to sell up to 45 million barrels from the Strategic Reserve. Amy Morris has more from our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. President Biden told oil refiners that unprecedented profit margins are unacceptable. He's calling for immediate action to improve capacity. He's ordered Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm to hold an emergency meeting on the subject in the coming days. And the administration will hold talks with the National Petroleum Council, and he's calling on companies to explain why they've cut capacity. 
More than a million barrels a day of U.S. oil refining capacity, about 5% of the total, has been shut since the start of the pandemic. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, thanks, Amy. NYMEX crude right now down 97 a barrel at 117.96. Down futures up 121. S&P futures up 18. NASDAQ futures up 62. This is Daybreak. Yes, at 5.07 on Wall Street, time to bring in Michael Barr with more on what else is going on in New York and around the world. John, thank you very much, sir. U.S. Representative Tom Rice of South Carolina has been ousted from Congress in his Republican primary after voting to impeach Donald Trump over the January 6th insurrection. Rice, who only got 25 percent, was defeated Tuesday by Trump-backed state Congressman Russell Fry, who received 51 percent. Meanwhile, Representative Nancy Mace cleared the 50 percent threshold to avoid a runoff against Trump-backed Katie Arrington. New York City Mayor Eric Adams is going to endorse Governor Kathy Hochul in the New York governor's race. Hochul's campaign and Adams' political advisor confirmed that Adams will make the announcement today in a joint appearance with the Democratic governor in New York City. Adams' endorsement comes as Hochul has pledged tougher action on gun crimes, including after the mass shooting in her hometown of Buffalo. Meanwhile, a month after the shooting at the top supermarket store, survivors, their families, and others gathered at the scene to mark the somber event, Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown. Words will never convey the heartbreak and pain this senseless tragedy has caused. Mayor Brown says the shootings left 10 people dead and three injured. Police in Suffolk County say at least 14 children were injured when an inflatable slide tipped over at a Long Island park. Some of the six- and seven-year-olds were taken to the hospital, one with a broken leg. This seven-year-old was there. There's too much people in the bouncy house. Yeah. And then the thing fell over, Yeah. and some people got hurt, and they went to the hospital. A statement from the Wyandotte School District says that the slide deflated while the kids were on it. Two police officers in El Monte, California, died in the line of duty. Authorities say the two men were responding to a possible stabbing at a motel and were fired upon by the suspect, El Monte Mayor Jessica Acana. These men were dedicated to their careers, and even more so as sons husbands, and fathers. Please keep their families in your prayers. Mayor Ancana says the suspect was also killed. Pump prices in the New York metro area hit a fresh record. According to AAA, gas prices rose to a record 5.21 a gallon overnight for the area and 5.50 for Manhattan. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. John. Michael, thank you. It's now 510 on Wall Street. Yeah, that's time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stashower. Good morning, John. Yankees and Mets, two best records in baseball. Both were at home. Both won both with shutouts in the Bronx. Garrett Cole's outing. Whole lot better than the one last week in Minnesota when he allowed home runs for his first three batters and gave up five overall. Cole worked out of a bases loaded jam sixth inning. That ended his night. It preserved the shutout. The Yanks top Tampa Bay 2-0 as Cole goes to 6-1. and Clay Holmes got the save. He's been unbelievable. 27 straight appearances. 
not allowing a run. At City Field, it was Chris Bassett. Eight scoreless innings, gave up just three hits. A 4 nothing Mets win over Milwaukee. Two runs driven in by Pete Alonzo, leads the National League with 59 RBIs. In St. Louis, the Cardinals' Miles Mikolas had a no-hitter with two outs, two strikes. Ninth inning, a double by the Pirates' Cal Mitchell on Mikolas' 129th pitch. Most thrown in the majors this season. They dropped the puck on the Stanley Cup final tonight in Denver. Tampa Bay Lightning off the win over the Rangers and seeking a Stanley Cup 3 P. Playing game one with Colorado, who's 12 and 2 in the playoffs. Bruce Cassidy fired by the Bruins. He's now the new coach of the Vegas Golden Knights. Deshaun Watson, formerly with Houston, now he's got a massive contract to quarterback the Cleveland Browns. He's also facing 24 accusations of sexual misconduct. Watson met the media in Cleveland. I've been honest and I've been truthful about my stance. Um, and that's, you know, I never forced anyone. I never assaulted anyone. So um, that's what, you know, I've, I've been saying it from the beginning. And I'm going to continue to do that and, and until all the facts come out on the legal side. The NFL has been investigating the matter. John Stashow at Bloomberg Sports. John. All right, thanks, John. And ahead of the meeting today from the Federal Reserve, futures are green. Dow futures up 111 points. S&P futures up 17, and the Nasdaq futures up 62 points. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. And Daybreak being brought to you by the New York Community Trust. Your name will live on as a champion of the causes you care about for years to come through a charitable bequest to the New York Community Trust. Learn more at philanthropist.nyc. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. I'm Nathan Hager. Futures are on the rise ahead of a crucial Federal Reserve policy decision this afternoon. Markets are pricing in the biggest rate hike from the U.S. Central Bank since 1994. We check the markets every 15 minutes during the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures right now up 19 points. Dow futures up 131. NASDAQ futures up 67 points. The DAX in Germany is up 1.1 percent. The CAC in Paris higher by nine-tenths percent. The FTSE 100 in London is up nine-tenths percent as well. The 10-year Treasury is up 18.30 seconds, yield 3.40 percent on the 10-year note, yield on the two-year 3.34 percent. NYMEX crude is down 1.1 percent, down $1.25 at $117.68 a barrel. COMEX gold up six-tenths percent or $11.20 at $18.24.70 an ounce. The euro 1.0487 against the dollar, the pound at 1.2093. The yen is at 134.48. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. And now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. U.S. Representative Tom Rice of South Carolina has been ousted from Congress in his Republican primary after voting to impeach Donald Trump over the January 6th insurrection. The five-term congressman was defeated Tuesday by State Representative Russell Fry, who was endorsed by Trump. Fry received 51 percent, while Rice got 25 percent. Brittany Griner's detention in Russia was extended until July 2nd, according to TASS. The WNBA player is being held on charges of drug smuggling. In baseball, the Yankees and Mets won. The Red Sox beat the A's 6-1. The Orioles and Giants were winners. The Nationals lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. John. Michael, thank you. Coming up to 520 on Wall Street. We're live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. 
There is a critical Federal Reserve policy decision later today with markets pricing in the biggest rate hike since 1994. And this morning, we have an emergency meeting by the European Central Bank in Europe. Let's take a deeper time this morning with Jennifer Lee, the senior economist at BMO Capital Markets. Jen, uh, if I could, let's uh, start with the ECB. They're actually um, achieving what I thought was the impossible. They're making Federal Reserve policy actually look simple. Is there a sense of panic in Europe? I think there's a sense of concern. Good morning, by the way. Um, it's kind of interesting that they, that they are meeting, and obviously they're concerned about bond yields surging in, in, in various countries across the, Europe, uh, the European area. And the fact that last week when they met, you know, there was no discussion apparently about uh, fragmentation um, during, the, uh, during the official press, press conference. But afterwards, there were sources that came out that said that a large majority of the policymakers were against making an announcement on fragmentation. But obviously, the way the markets have been behaving um, of late is causing them to think twice about it again, and that's why they're probably meeting. Uh, their original strategy, it sounds like, is in all sorts of trouble today. A little bit, a little bit, but, you know, there's, like, everyone has the one goal right now, which is to, you know, tackle the um, the big bag monster of inflation right now, but obviously it has ramifications across, uh, across countries and across uh, asset classes. For the FOMC, the expectation, 75 basis points, will policymakers deliver here? Wow, that is a very, very tough question. It's, it's, it was very interesting. It's, it's almost like, to, in my humble opinion, how can you, like right now if the, if the market is fully priced in for a 75 basis point rate hike, how can they not follow through? I think they've almost backed themselves into a corner. And if they don't follow through, they could be seen as weak. Um, if they do follow through, or even maybe even with a larger one, you know, that would cause, you know, probably a big reaction in financial markets. But at least it shows that they are sort of um, attacking this with, you know, with, with everybody on board right now. Um, be a lot more aggressive as opposed to do the 50 basis points and just sound more aggressive, um, you know, in, in coming meetings. I think it's a 50-50 chance either way. We are still expecting 50 basis points, but obviously, clearly there is a huge risk of a much bigger, bigger move. Do we get some clarity on what the terminal rate is going to be at today's meeting? They will hopefully give some clarity on a lot of different areas. Um, um, I think... In terms of the neutral rate, it probably you know, I think they're probably going to be um, keeping it at the upper range, um, and they're going to probably continue to say that we are going to lift rates until even beyond the neutral rate, and you know, if necessary, we'll keep it there until you know we start seeing inflation buckle a little bit. Um, but hopefully, we'll get a lot more clarity on what they're hope- what they're looking to see and what they're looking to do in coming months. What are the drivers of inflation right now? Are they especially affected by rates when you look at uh, things like energy and food prices, uh, for starters? So right now, the, okay, at the beginning, it was more of an energy story, and that's something that Monterey policy is not is unable to, to, to deal with. But as, like, you know, Chair Powell has said many times, um, monetary policy is a very blunt instrument, and it can be used to hurt or to hit um, demand, but on the supply side, that's something that they can't, cannot impact. But at least they're going to be able to impact one of the two factors that are pushing um, inflation higher, and that's on the demand side. What do you and markets need to hear from the chairman at the press conference today? I would like to hear him. You know what? I think he's been, been fairly clear. His communication has been, has been, very, has been actually very good. 
of late. Um, and he's always been saying that, you know, they need to see inflation coming down. It can't be just a few months. It's got to be a consistent move downward before they will consider um, pausing. It would be very interesting, by the way, to see what he says about the market turmoil, whether or not that's going to impact their decision and, um, you know, seeing you know stock markets plunge the way they have, whether or not that's going to make them potentially hold back a little bit. Uh, what's your impression of whether or not there's going to be a recession? If so, will it be a deep one? Oh, very good questions this morning. You know what? I think that there w- the, the, pot, the risks continue to rise, obviously, and the, the longer that inflation stays high, the more aggressive the Fed re- continues to be. The chances of a recession in the next year are continuing to rise. Jen, always a pleasure. Appreciate it. Jennifer Lee, Senior Economist at BMO Capital Markets, with us this morning. And ahead of that rate decision at 2 o'clock today, we have futures in the green this morning after this week's sell-off. The Dow futures right now, 108 points higher. That's a rise of about four-tenths of a percent. S&P E-mini futures, they're up 17 points. And the Nasdaq E-mini futures right now, they are up 60 points. And as we look to market volatility, Wall Street's fear gauge, the VIX is uh, slightly deflated uh, right now at 32.50. The 10-year yield in the U.S., 3.4 percent. That is down uh, six basis points. The uh, two-year yield right now, 3.34 percent. That is down seven basis points. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. And the Bloomberg weather from meteorologist Rob Carolyn. Today, abundant sunshine, the high temperature topping out at about 80 degrees. Tonight, partly cloudy. There is the chance of a few showers after midnight, the low 65. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm John Tucker. And I'm Nathan Hager. We're just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. Right now, European Central Bank President Christine Lagarde and her colleagues on the Governing Council are holding an emergency meeting to discuss market conditions. We caught up with EU Finance Minister Mary McGinnis ahead of the meeting. The ECB is doing its job, uh, so I think that's important. I'm not going to second-guess the conversations uh, that will take place at this meeting. Uh, but clearly, since the beginning of this year, and particularly since the invasion, the illegal invasion by Russia of Ukraine, there is uncertainty in markets. EU Finance Commissioner Mary McGuinness says the meeting should last about two hours. The ECB gathering comes on the same day. The Fed makes an interest rate decision. The question now is, how much the Fed will hike? Let's get more from Bloomberg's Vinnie Del Judice. Most economists anticipate another half-point rate increase today, lifting the Fed's target range to between 1.25% and 1.5%. But some say they wouldn't be surprised if the Fed opts for something more, a larger move in its benchmark interest rate. Bloomberg Economics says the Fed's dot plot, which traces the likely path of U.S. interest rates, could move to 3% or a bit higher next year. Vinnie Del Judice, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, thanks, Vinnie. Well, Economists predict a 50 basis point hike. Markets are now pricing in a 75-point increase. Now, futures are higher ahead of the Fed decision, but it's a different story for 
cryptocurrencies. Bitcoin is lower again this morning, right now trading at about $20,200. Let's get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. Strategists at Glassnode say the bear market for Bitcoin has entered its deepest and darkest phase. Crypto lender Celsius froze withdrawals on Monday. Coinbase announced widespread layoffs on Tuesday. And this all comes just a month after the collapse of the Terra USD stablecoin, roiled crypto markets. Meantime, Bill Gates is dismissing crypto projects like NFTs as shams, saying they're, quote, based on the greater fool theory. He says he's neither long nor short the asset class. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Renita. The International Energy Agency is predicting global oil supplies will struggle to meet rising demand next year. That means consumers will continue to face tight fuel markets. Crude has climbed more than 50% this year. Right now, now, Nymex uh, crude is down $1.38 at 117.55. And uh, futures, John, are moving higher. We have S&P futures up 21 points. Dow futures up 144. NASDAQ futures higher by 74 points. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. Thanks, Nathan. 5.33 on Wall Street. Time to bring in Michael Barr with more on what else is going on in New York and around the world. John, thank you very much, sir. U.S. Representative Tom Rice of South Carolina has been ousted from Congress in his Republican primary after voting to impeach Donald Trump over the January 6th insurrection. The five-term congressman was defeated by Trump-backed State Representative Russell Fry. Fry received 51 percent, while Rice got 25 percent. Meanwhile, Representative Nancy Mace cleared the 50 percent threshold to avoid a runoff against Trump-backed Katie Arrington. New York Governor Kathy Hochul is about to get a big endorsement today in the governor's race. Fellow Democrat, New York City Mayor Eric Adams is set to make the announcement to endorse Hochul in a joint news conference. Two police officers in El Monte, California, died after responding to a possible stabbing in a motel. El Monte Interim Police Chief Ben Lowry says the officers were fired upon by the suspect. These two heroes uh, paid the ultimate sacrifice. Today they were murdered by a coward. And we are grieving and it hurts. Chief Laurie says the suspect was also killed. The Senate may have found a formula to get Republicans on board with a gun safety bill. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter reports. Minority leader Mitch McConnell is making noises that make it sound like he will support it. Just people who own guns and support for the provisions of the framework is off the charts. Overwhelming. He says it's wording. I, I think if this framework becomes the actual piece of legislation... It's a step forward, a step forward on a bipartisan basis. And Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says it will be brought to the floor quickly. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. The pain at the gas pump continues for the New York metro area. According to AAA, prices rose to a record 521 overnight and 550 in Manhattan. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries, I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. John. Michael, thank you. It's now 535 of Wall Street. That's time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. And here's John Stasher. Thanks, John. Yankees have watched the low payroll Tampa Bay Rays win the AL East each of the last two seasons. This year, Yanks 10 games ahead. First of six between the two teams over a 10-day period at the stadium. A drop fly ball, fourth inning, put two Yankees on. 
Isaiah Kiner Falefa at the plate. Now the pitch line hard left field. There's a base hit. Stanton rounds third. Coming home. The throw is going to be too high. Goes back to the screen. Here comes another run home. The throw home is is not in time. WFAN. Those are the only two runs. The Yanks scored 26 in their last two games with the Cubs. They won this one 2 nothing. As Garrett Cole goes to 6-1. and one. He teamed with three relievers on the shutout. Cole very much bouncing back from that nightmare start last week at Minnesota where he gave up five home runs. Tonight, it's Nestor Cortez versus the Rays. Shane McClanahan both have ERAs under two. And if the Yanks win tonight, they will be 30 games over 500. Amazing the Mets have been so good with Max Scherzer injured. Jacob DeGrom still yet to pitch. DeGrom has thrown four bullpen sessions. And Scherzer will throw a simulated game Thursday. Meanwhile, Chris Bassett dominant. The Mets 4-0 win at City Field over Milwaukee. Bassett went eight innings allowed, only three hits. Mets stay five games ahead of Atlanta. The Braves' 13th win in a row in Washington. They hit five home runs for the second straight game. A near-no-hitter in St. Louis. The Cardinals' Miles Nicholas lost it with two outs in the ninth. They'll start the Stanley Cup final tonight. Tampa Bay at Colorado. The Lightning may get Braden Point back from injury. He's missed the last two series. Point 30 goals of the last three playoffs. John Stashanwer, Bloomberg Sports. John. All right, thanks, John. It is 537 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report. And for that, we're joined by Bloomberg's Ed Corey. Consolidated Edison says utility bills will jump 12% this summer in New York City. Westchester County bills could soar 16% compared to last summer. Electricity rates have been surging across the U.S. as gas and coal supplies are tight and temperatures rise. New York bankers are not rushing back to the office. In the downtown cluster that includes Wall Street, Pret-a-Manger's sale of coffee and sandwiches are less than half of what they were before the pandemic began. Earlier this This month, they fell to their lowest level since January. A coalition of homeowners, renters, and social justice organizations Tuesday objected to a decision by the New York City Council to raise property taxes nearly 7%. Council members voted Monday to adopt that tax increase, but also approved a $90 million property tax rebate for working and middle-class homeowners. That's your Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Ed Corey. All right, thanks, Ed. 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Yeah, let's check in now with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Steve Potisk on 1010 Winds in New York. We're talking about how the price of luxury goods in New York are a relative bargain when compared to overall inflation rates. I'm Gina Cervetti, and for WBBM in Chicago, I'm reporting that Caterpillar is leaving Illinois after decades to move its company headquarters to Texas. I'm Lisa Mateo, and on KYW in Philadelphia, I'll be reporting on more price hikes coming to a wireless carrier. I'm Caroline Hepcom, Bloomberg DAB Digital Radio here in London. We've been reporting on the emergency ECB meeting in Frankfurt as bond yields spike over inflation fears. I'm Ed Corey on WWJ in Detroit. I'm reporting Ford has temporarily stopped deliveries of its Mustang Mach-E. And those are some of the stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 539 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. The Pentagon has a supply chain problem. Consider this. In just a few months, the war in Ukraine has consumed a quarter of the country's Stinger anti-aircraft missiles. 
but replacements might not be available until 2023. It's a symptom of a larger problem. A 2020 Pentagon report found that the U.S. military is too often reliant on individual suppliers, a weakness that threatens its ability to respond to future crises. To prevent shortfalls, the Pentagon should work to attract more non-traditional vendors, which would broaden its industrial base. It should also expand programs to identify promising military technology companies. And the U.S. should work with allies that have spare manufacturing capacity to bolster collective stockpiles. If the Pentagon wants to support Ukraine and win future wars, rethinking how it acquires weapons will be key. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Opinion Editorial Board. I'm David Shipley. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPI and go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. And Bloomberg Opinion editorials can be heard every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can read more at OPI and go. The European Central Bank emergency meeting is currently underway. In the meantime, Italy's 10-year yield currently trading below just 4%, still 60 basis points above the pre-decision level. This is Bloomberg. And ahead of the Fed meeting this afternoon, Dow futures right now up 123 points. S&P futures, they're up 18. And the Nasdaq Imini futures are up 66. This is Bloomberg. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. I'm Nathan Hager. This flash is brought to you by Informatica. In the cloud, your data has the power to do the extraordinary. Manage data across any location in the cloud for accurate and actionable insights. More at Informatica.com. Futures are gaining before a crucial Fed policy decision this afternoon with markets pricing in the biggest rate hike since 1994. We check the markets every 15 minutes during the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are up. They are higher by 21 points. Dow futures up 149. NASDAQ futures up 79 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 19.30 seconds. The yield 3.39%. Yield on the two-year, 3.32%. NYMEX crude is down 1.1%, down $1.34, $117.58 a barrel. COMEX gold is up 7 tenths percent or $12.40 at 18.2620 an ounce. The euro 1.0482 against the dollar. The yen 134.44. Bitcoin right around $20,100. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. And now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. In South Carolina, Congressman Tom Rice is out. The five-term incumbent who voted to impeach Donald Trump for the January 6th insurrection was defeated by Trump-backed Russell Fry. Fry got 51%, while Rice got 25%. The leaders of seven NATO nations from across Europe pledged their continued support for Ukraine. They agreed to step up military supplies and provide more heavy weapons to the war-torn country. In baseball, the Yankees and Mets won. The Red Sox beat the A's. Orioles and Giants were also winners. The Nationals lost. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. John. Michael, 549 on Wall Street. We are live for the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Well, monetary policy firmly in focus this morning. Uncertainty a bit elevated heading into the Fed decision today. And, of course, there's a European Central Bank meeting taking place this morning. This is an emergency meeting. Let's break it all down for you this morning. 
We're joined by Asti Dweck, the Flowbank Chief Investment Officer. If we could just head over to Europe for a moment, Asti, is there a sense of panic as the uh, policymakers in Europe hold an, an emergency meeting this morning? Good morning. I wouldn't say panic. I think what we've heard from the ECB is that they didn't want to tell us or tell the markets too far in advance what tools they were going to use because they thought it lost effectiveness. But what we're really seeing is a divergence of the needs of different countries from the ECB. We have uh, Northern Europe that needs higher rates, and we have Southern Europe and, of course, Italy as the biggest example that needs rates to stay low. And so the blowout in Italian spreads is threatening the financial stability of Europe. It's the last big election that we're going to have probably next year, but after Germany and France, those are finished. Now Italy's in the spotlight. And so I think it's a way for the ECB to, to maintain something of a hawkish tone in terms of rate hikes and fighting inflation because they do have that 2% mandate. But at the same time, that financial stability is important, and they're going to discuss tools, including reinvestment from the PEPP or other, to try to contain those spreads, especially in Italy. Yeah, the headlines earlier is that the uh, the ECB would look at the uh, PEP, the uh, pandemic reinvestments, uh, that kind of underwhelms, sees now that the bank uh, intends to do more than that. The latest headline that's coming out of the ECB emergency meeting, uh, they'll discuss crisis strategy as well as reinvestments of the uh, pandemic, uh, pandemic era uh, investments. The uh, Italian bond yields dropping back close to the lows of the day in the, the wake of that report. Let's switch now, uh, Esty, if we could, to the, the Federal Reserve. What is your expectation? 75 basis points seems to be the market bet right now. I think that's what we're going to get. I think if you, if at this point, the, the, the last three days, so much press has come out in that direction, it would actually underwhelm the market to get only 50 basis points. Uh, and you can feel that that May CPI, even though the core did come down a little bit, that headline number, really not coming down at all uh, and worrying everyone from consumers. That University of Michigan survey with the one-year expectation jumping as well, and that means the Fed has to act. They've said they want to front-load the hikes, so they're going to do that even more so, and it, it means that maybe 75 isn't off the table either for July, depending on how the next couple of weeks looks and how the PCE comes out. Can you dive into stocks and risk assets at this point? You know, the the May rebound was very nice, but we'd been saying that there was always a bad headline that could come and that could scare the markets again. The CPI was obviously at top of that list. Um, you have a market that where sentiment is already extremely fragile. There's the growth fears and the recession fears are rising, and the fact that inflation isn't coming down as fast as anyone liked or coming down at all, that's that's another conversation means the Fed has to keep hiking aggressively, and that's exacerbating the fears about growth, about a recession risk in the U.S., which I don't think will happen this year, though slowing is already starting. And that combination just sort of gave the excuse to the markets uh, that almost wanted the May bounce to be a bear market rally to retreat. So another couple of weeks under pressure, I'm not sure. I mean, the Fed, the market's really looking to see where that terminal rate is going to be. Anything below 4% probably a positive at this point, given the market expectations. And not that many catalysts to give a lot of good news 
you know, maybe the ECB will see if that carries over elsewhere if there is more bond buying action. And, and that does seem a little more likely than it was a couple of days ago. But a little of waiting time for the markets to get any kind of positive catalyst for now. Uh, more volatility ahead, it sounds like. Asti Dweck, Floatbank Chief Investment Officer. Thanks for uh, very much for being with us this morning. Nathan. All right, John. Thank you. It's 5.53 on Wall Street. Time for our Bloomberg Law Report. Let's get to the legal stories we're watching this morning. Here's Bloomberg's Jeff Fellinger. The director of the Food and Drug Administration says the agency's biologic center will provide more consistent and coordinated advice to cell and gene therapy companies. The nation's smallest state has the biggest renewable power ambitions. Rhode Island lawmakers advanced a bill that would require 100% renewable energy by 2033. A Jewish congregation filed a complaint charging that a new Florida law banning abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy would violate the right to religious freedom. Bloomberg Law, everything you need, all on one legal research platform, including guidance, analysis, and Bloomberg Market Intelligence. Find out more at BloombergLaw.com. Now to another legal story we're watching. With 24 cases outstanding before the end of its term, the Supreme Court announces more decisions today. On Monday, the justices handed down two decisions against immigrants who are detained and seek bond hearings while their cases are pending. One case was unanimous. The other was a 6-3 to three vote down ideological lines. For more, Bloomberg's June Grasso speaks to immigration law expert Leon Fresco, partner at Holland and Knight. Was this a one-two punch for immigrants and immigration activists by the court on Monday? Absolutely, June. It was definitely a very difficult day from the standpoint that the immigration law, I would say if you were looking at it during the period of somewhere between 2009 and 2015, 2016, both of these cases would have been decided completely the other way. And now the Supreme Court has changed and the ethos has changed. And now you not only have these 5-4 decisions, but you actually have decisions with liberal justices signing on to them that are sort of cracking down on immigration lawsuits. And from that standpoint, it's a whole new, completely different world. In one case, Justice Sonia Sotomayor wrote the majority opinion. In the other, she dissented. It's unusual for her to be writing in a majority opinion in an immigration case. Well, it's certainly unusual in this court, and it's certainly unusual in a case where it's restricting rights of non-citizens who want to file lawsuits. If you would have had some sort of wager in a casino two, three years ago that Justice Sotomayor would have written a decision making it more difficult for non-citizens to have a right to be released from detention, that would have been like 70 to 1 odds. And now you have such a decision. And so really, this was a tough day for the advocates in the immigration world. So why? Because we hear her voice in the second case where she's an advocate for immigrants. So what happened with the first case? I think what's happening writ large is there's some desire to try to build some collegiality and to try to perhaps not have 5-4 decisions everywhere. And so you might see some of the liberal justices saying, look, I'm going to go along in a case like this, whereby if you're going to go along on a case where I need you, maybe we can start to build some currency here. And I do think that's the intent, because otherwise I don't think you would have seen this decision, because 
the path of where these decisions were going in 2014, 2015, 2016 were in giving expansive rights to non-citizens to have bond hearings. That's Leon Fresco, partner at Holland and Knight, speaking with Bloomberg's June Grosso. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by listening to the Bloomberg Law Show, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, or subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. And attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com. S&P futures are 17 points higher ahead of the Fed's decision, 2 p.m. Wall Street Time. Dow futures up 117, NASDAQ futures higher by 69 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 21, 30 seconds, yield 3.39%, yield on the two-year 3.32. NYMEX crude down one and a quarter percent at $117.48 a barrel. Bloomberg Daybreak continues. This is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CarterEconomicForum.com.